Welcome to The Home Medic. You're listening to the series on Radon. Welcome back to The Home Medic, where we help keep your money in your wallet and your family out of the hospital. Heidi Hansen. Hey, we are back. We, radon. We are back. Throwing radon, it is at radon you. So I got to tell you a couple of little tidbits, and then we're going to go into some real heavy health physics. All right. I love to learn about that kind we'll, of stuff. We'll start in the tidbit section first, because that's a little more fun. Okay. Stuff I learned while I was in the radiation engineering business. Yeah, say that one more time. What was, what was the name of your title again? Radon engineering. Yeah. Radiation engineering. So I'm actually a civil engineer, but I was hired by a consultant who actually wanted me to just do, you know, their same sort of computer models. So for uh, that couple of years, you know, I hired on thinking I was an environmental engineer, meaning, you know, lead, radon, blah, blah, blah. And you never knew they were going to try to connect that with smoking. They they kind (laughs) of... They kind of turned me into not, a radiation engineer. Yeah, I'm not talking about gar smoking here. You'll have to listen to our previous podcast. But Yeah, I could go some places. I think I'll your, avoid that. Your danger for radon increases quite a bit if you're a smoker for so some reason. So what I learned, besides that your danger increases if you're a smoker, is that <laughs> Which if might you, have something to do with the smoking, not the radon, but if, you'll have to figure that out. <laughs> true. If you want to calibrate a Geiger counter, and we did this a lot. Calibrate a Geiger counter. So basically, cool. you know, part of our job was to take these Geiger counters out to places where they thought radiation levels were high and find out what was hot, right? So Geiger counter detects radiation. Uh, yeah, Geiger counter. Thank you for that. I, I would just have skipped over that. Clarify that just in case. And then we took these counters out to the field and we wanted to make sure they were accurate. So you've got to calibrate those against something that has a very known level of radiation. Mm, okay. So guess what we used? Um, I'll give you I don't a, know. I'll give you a hint you'll never guess. Lantern mantles. Lantern mantles? Right. The kind that you use maybe in a camper. Oh, really? Those are very hot. And so what we would do is we would put a number of those inside a small canister, and then we had a very consistent level of radiation coming out of that canister. Are you talking about the little... Lantern, like the battery-operated lantern that you take uh, in a tent? Not battery-operated. These are propane or butane. Oh, butane or propane. Right. And they actually emit radiation? A good deal of it. Well, that's something no one told me. Yeah. Now, that may be something to really worry about. <laughs> the rest of this stuff we've been talking about So don't keep lantern mantles me. in your pocket for 72 years for 19 hours per day, right? Oh, uh, what about hanging out in the tent frequently with one of those? Well, Perhaps less risk. I there. guess I know I don't want one of those lanterns in my diamond line tree hut that uh, overhangs I, the waterfall. Another item that nobody knows about is Brazil nuts. Now, I like those. Yeah, you are eating uh, more than your share of radiation as you're eating those. They actually had to have a special government exception to be imported because otherwise they'd be radioactive waste. Are you kidding me? They, they exceed the threshold for what's considered to be intolerable on a radioactive level. You are kidding me. Brazil nuts. So switch to cashews or almonds or pecans <laughs> or Here's whatever. another one that's going to be considerably more radiation than eating any of the above. Mm, I'm waiting. And that's living at elevation, which you and I do, or hmm. flying. 
Now that, okay, that, getting, getting serious, uh, my father died of lymphoma, uh-huh. and he heard that it had to do with being, he was in, in the Air Force, and he heard that it had to do with being in flight quite a lot, that it actually could affect you. That I am no doctor, and most of the time I don't pretend to be one, but I'm going to pretend to be one for a moment and say that's possible. Really? Yeah. So I did an inspection for a guy who is an airline pilot, and he had heard about radon, and he was very concerned about radon. He wanted to make sure that I did the test, and I said, you know, great, I'm more than happy to do that. But... Be aware that a single cross-country flight is going to give you as much radiation, not radon, but radiation, as living in a space at 10 picocuries per liter for a year. Wow. And be a aware, single you know, flight. In, a, in the previous segment, we talked about how the EPA limit was, or threshold was four. Right. And this guy, he's flying cross-country twice a week, or, you know, whatever his schedule oh, is. wow. And so that provided a little bit of judgment for him. So now that's something to definitely think about. And whatever you do, if you are doing that, I mean, I'm throwing a joke out here. So forgive me if you're if you're worrying for your life right now, but don't eat Brazil nuts on your flight because that would definitely increase your risks. <laughs> and, and light the cabin with, uh, that's with, right. with lantern mantles. Definitely not. Wow, that is scary, though. I know some people that I really like that do a lot of flying, so it's kind of sad to know that they're getting all that radon. Yeah, now that I have totally terrified you, let's go to another place. I might actually reduce some of the perceived fear. See, in all the other segments we've done... You've managed to not scare me, frankly. I've completely (laughs) unscared you, and then we start with this one, and I've got you terrified. When you mention that cross-country flights, and that, that sounds pretty significant, and I know my dad died from that, so possibly... Yeah. So there's a the Health Physics Society. There was a study done by EPA, and most of us have heard, for example, that radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer. And, you know, the first is, of course, smoking. The third, by the way, there isn't one. Oh, okay. So <laughs> smoking and radon. Yeah. So That's and, it. And by the way, if you want more information on the technical side, there is an article that I wrote about radon. You can find it. You can just Google it. Do the word search, my name, Garth Haslam, and radon, it'll pop right up. But one of my points was that if you are if you come in second in a two-man race, how well did you do? <laughs> so I'm, I'm still confused. If you don't mind, let's go back to this health physics society thing. Uh-huh. I mean, there's obviously more threats to life, like cancer and different things like that, which could be caused or contributed to by radon, I believe. Uh-huh. There was a study. How would done. they only say two things? That's kind of funny. Why are the rest of the things threats to us not included there? Yeah, actually. What about botulism spores in the soil? I mean, I guess that's not a gas. Yeah, but. they're not addressing that. So there have been a number of other studies done besides this one EPA study. You know, it's the EPA study that gets quoted. And that outlines that there is a level of risk. And we've talked about that. You know, if you're in the home for this many hours, for this many years, then your risk is this. And we've covered that. Uh, but then there have been other studies by individuals and scientists and organizations that are certainly highly respected. Health Physics Society is one of them. Okay. And what they found is that there is no risk to typical residential exposures, or there is actually a decreasing risk of cancer at typical residential exposures. With radon? With radon. So, in other words, the Health Physics Society is saying you've got nothing to worry about unless you smoke. 
Yeah, and they didn't throw that in there. They just said there's no risk for radon for typical residential exposures. Okay, and I thought you did mention the smoking, that there were uh, only two yeah, the, risks. The smoking was EPA. Okay. This is the Health Physics Society. So, okay. So, there is that. And obviously, the Health Physics Society, that is the group that certainly carries the weight in this category. So, no one's buying them off or paying them off. They just are telling us the truth all the way, straight up. They're telling us what they have determined using their own science. Okay. Okay. All now, right. in the study that everybody quotes, EPA actually also quotes a guy named Bernard Cohen, who is a highly respected scientist, physicist. There's going to be some parental warning here. This language sounds like, you know, it could put you to sleep in no time at all. Really? But this is a key paragraph that doesn't make any sense to us commoners. Right. But this paragraph basically, you know, they include that in the EPA study, but nobody really brings it up because it doesn't support the direction that EPA wants us to go. I see. So I'm going to read this to you. And, you know, again, key paragraph, huge, but it's not quoted. So it says, unlike what was found with the more limited BEIR for and ICRP analyses, the BEIR-6 committee was able to conclude that the ERR per WLM increased with decreasing exposure rate or with increasing exposure duration. Are you asleep yet? I'm widely alert, trying to grasp and hold on to every word and figure out what the heck it means. And then it says, <laughs> parentheses, holding cumulative exposure constant. What that means cumulative exposure constant. So what that basically means, if you are that scientist, is that actually, again, at normal radon rates, yes, we're healthier. Really? Yeah. <laughs> EPA assumes what EPA did is they said, okay, we found out that there's some coal miners that were in a coal mine and they died of higher levels of cancer. Mm. And let's say, I don't know what those numbers were in the coal mine, but let's say it's 100. And their assumption is called straight line, which basically means that, you know, they're saying the coal mine was 100 picocuries per liter. They're saying that if it's 50, then your risk is half. And if it's 10, then your risk is a tenth. Mm, okay. And that's called straight line. There is no science to show that that was the a good straight assumption. straight line actually, right. The straight line assumptions work. And as a matter of fact, these other studies done by the Health Physics Society, by Cohen, and by five other states actually show that not to be the case. Yeah, because who knows, 50% might be a 200% greater risk. Could be. Yeah. So then we have five different states which have done their own assessments of those four found that, again, at normal levels of radon, you're actually healthier. So maybe radon has some important health purpose that we just don't know about yet. Yeah, you know, I, maybe? I just kind of, and I hear, now I'm going to take my fact hat off, and I'm just thinking that people were designed to be on planet Earth, and if there's radon <laughs> to be on, radon on planet Earth, then we've probably adapted to it. Well, there's so much we don't know, uh, truly, and we know a lot. We keep knowing more all the time, but there's still a lot we don't know. So I'm not saying go go create radon and breathe it in, but... Yeah, that would be hard to do, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got those five states that have so done that. So why the big scare? <laughs> <laughs> Good question, Heidi. <laughs> Here's my thought. There's guys at EPA who have a job, and they want it to be valid. 
Right. I know guys at the state. One of them is a very cool guy, and I respect him, but he wants his job to be important. And, and job security, too. Job security. Right? right? Then you have remediators, who you know, guys who put in sub-slab mitigation systems, and we'll cover that in the next segment. You know, that's basically how you reduce your radon level. Mm, okay. you know, they're in the business of making the most out of having radon be as big a problem as it can. Right. They and, may even be paying people to do studies that say that they're, that radon is terribly threatening. Uh, they're just creating I'm headlines. I'm being really cynical and sarcastic. I hope these listeners don't hold it against me. Yeah, I am sure they will. <laughs> and then you've got home inspectors who, you know, they're wanting to convince you why you need a home inspection, and you do, but not necessarily because of radon. It's for one of a thousand other reasons. So that's why you switched to meth, so you could relieve your conscience. <laughs> <laughs> you that must want, be it. You didn't want to keep telling people they had a radon problem. <laughs> Besides that, it's a pain to go back to the house and pick up the canister three days later. <laughs> right. So, you know, that's me having an attitude. And I know right. that, you know, the general knowledge out there, the group think is that radon is a huge risk, etc. My thing is that if you look at the science, there may be some reason to believe otherwise. At least for people just living in normal homes with normal ventilation. That don't live there for 19 hours per day and don't have... Yeah, right. And, and don't eat two heads of cabbage for every meal. Well, it would have to be radon contaminated cabbage and they would have to eat six a day for how many years? Uh, it seems That's to a me lot like of I picked cabbage. a lot of Yeah, I think I assumed that Farmer Joe, and we're referring back to a previous segment, so you might have to listen to that. But I think I assumed that Farmer Joe started farming when he was 20 and he stopped farming. Uh, maybe when he was 65. So it would have been, you know, around 45 years, but it was most of an entire lifetime. Well, and if you were eating that much cabbage, you would definitely have to throw in some pork tacos or something to make it appealing after a while, don't you think? <laughs> True that. He, <laughs> and that would make it very hard to eat six more. cabbage heads a day. So, so all right, I'm going to get fired come... if I keep my smart aleckness up today, <laughs> but... We are going to continue on just a little bit more background for you in the next segment. Should we give you a mansion on this one, Heidi? Maybe we put you in the middle of a cabbage patch. Whoa. I, I made her laugh was while she was trying like to not I thinking more like a radon-free luxury jet or something. Radon-free, you know, you could actually be in the radon-free luxury jet. You know, up at altitude, you're probably going to have much less radon. You're just going to have the sun more than make up for it with a thousand times that level of radiation. Whoa. <laughs> All right. She's dying. We're, we're going to finish this one up and then do one more segment. So, Heidi. I'm, think, I'm repenting of my smart aleck attitude. I'll probably try to be really humble in the next one. Yeah. Try. Mm -hmm. I'll try. So, master of your mansion, you, Heidi, are now master of your cabbage patch mansion. <laughs> I told you I said I wanted it to be a jet, didn't I? <laughs> oh, that's right. You, you mastered forgot. your jet. You forgot. Up in the air with an endless gas supply where you can pollute the air for the rest of us eternally. <laughs> All right. And, of course, be yourself because only Heidi has a jet, right? Hi, this is... 
this is Julia McKay with your natural solutions tip for the day. Oh, we are talking about eucalyptus, which has one of the most widespread uses there are. Everything from placing a few drops in your hands and inhaling, it will deeply clear your mind. It also lessens feelings of tension and promotes feelings of relaxation. And I don't know about you, but I can use a little of that in my life. And tell me about your shower, Julie. Oh my gosh, I love this in my shower. Get that steam going, put a couple drops in, and you just have like a little sauna going. Also, it has purifying properties that can be beneficial for the skin and for cleansing surfaces and the air. If you'd like to know more about eucalyptus, contact us at naturalsolutions at homemedicworld.com.